0: We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also works with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance, and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to an Insights episode of the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer. This week, I want to talk to you about What My Morning Routine Isn't. Yeah, you heard that right. What My Morning Routine Isn't. I read lots of books. You've probably heard of these books. You've read these books as well that encourage you to own the day, seize the day, crush the day, supercharge your morning routine. Authors like Jocko Willink, they have this incredible morning routine that goes something along the lines of up at 4.30 a.m., meditating, sauna followed by cold plunge, followed by gratitude journaling, then a green smoothie before embarking on some emails, then brewing coffee, hitting the gym and starting work by 8am. Now that works for some people. I think you have to go to bed extremely early to make that truly work for you because of what we know about sleep, which I'll come to. But I guess some mornings you can get up and you can do that. But I wonder whether encouraging people or trying to motivate or inspire people to do that on a consistent basis is really responsible and ultimately realistic. My morning routine doesn't look anything like that. I would say a typical morning is wake up around seven, get up. Sometimes I'll do my 10 minutes of meditation, but more often than not, it'll happen later in the day. I'll go downstairs, I'll make some coffee, I'll get myself ready for the morning and then I'll take Cammy, the dog out for a walk. It's a really nice way to start the day actually. It's quite gentle. It's a lovely moochie walk I have with her in the park, particularly this time of year, frost on the grass. It's it's just beautiful. And seeing her run around and enjoy herself is just so good for the nervous system. So that's a really nice way to start the day. Now sometimes there'll be a bit more to that routine. So this morning, for example, My partner got up and she put the sauna on so that by seven o'clock it was roasting hot and I went into that, did half an hour, then I had my coffee and then I headed out for the morning. But that is unusual. I won't normally have a sauna first thing in the morning. And there isn't really a great deal more to my routine than that. But there are some real sort of stable points in that routine if you like. You know, the, the morning dog walk, you don't have to have a dog to do a morning walk. A friend of mine gets up every morning and walks about five miles. She's appeared on the podcast before, that was Sober Fish. If you want to hear more about her, you know, what she does and why she does it, then look for the episode that we put out. I think it was August or September. Go back and look for that episode with Sober Fish. So she's got a little bit more to her routine, but I know the walk is a really important part of mine the getting up with enough time to not mooch about, but just not the things are run in sort of Japanese just-in-time style routine, which is how I used to be, a little bit more relaxed. I drink decaffeinated coffee, but I still love the element of coffee as part of my morning routine. So there are a few things in there that are fixed. Majority of it's pretty flexible. And that's really what I want to mention in this episode is don't be too disheartened if you don't have these long convoluted morning routines. They work for some people for the majority of us, they just don't. You know, If you've got kids, that's an immediate, so we say a spanner in the works to say the least. Don't feel you've got to emulate those people doing those routines, but create your own routine. What I do think is important is to understand, and this goes throughout the whole day in fact, and, and every aspect of your lifestyle, what is negotiable and what is non-negotiable? So a non-negotiable part of my morning routine is Cami needs to get walked. A non-negotiable part, silly as it sounds, is I like to have that coffee, albeit decaffeinated. I really try and make not having to wake up before 6.45am a a non-negotiable, but of course there'll be times when that needs to be uh, flexed and adapted. And then there are other aspects that are entirely negotiable, like the sauna, like the gym workout, like meditating in the morning. I'm okay to negotiate on those things. Actually, meditation is one of my non-negotiables but it is negotiable on when it gets done during the day so i'm recording this now at 7:34 p.m. i'm going to meditate next ideally I'd have done that in the morning but it just didn't work out that way today so be clear on your negotiables and your non-negotiables and fashion a morning routine out of that i'm a bit bigger on evening routines and that brings me to the subject of sleep so I think if you get up super early and try and cram too much into your schedule, unless you're going to bed really early, you're in grave danger of just not having a big enough sleep window. And a sleep window should really be eight to nine hours. And this is data source from Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, which I've mentioned so many times on the show, but it's a fantastic book. There's another book by Nick Littlehells called Sleep. I really like Ariana Huffington's Sleep Revolution book as well. So there's three really good books that you can go out and, and buy on Amazon and read. But in Matthew Walker's book, he said that 99.99999% of us need between seven and eight hours of good quality sleep. So if that's the case and you're getting up at half four, you really need to be in bed by 9 o'clock in order to make sure you get that that sleep. And that's pretty early to be going to bed. So I favor quality sleep and getting as much sleep as I can over an elaborate morning routine. But hey, you know it's very personal. You need to figure out what's going to work best for you. And we know that People who have six hours or less on a consistent basis have the testosterone of a man 10 years their senior, and the same can be applied to women. So we know that we can't genuinely thrive on that little sleep, so you need to make a call on on that. Back to the evening routine I was talking about, I talk a lot about our concept of sleep staircase. It's a set of metaphorical or literal steps that you take from getting in from work to going to bed. So fundamentally our nervous system, the autonomic nervous system has two branches, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic is your fight, flight, freeze and parasympathetic is rest and digest. We are probably going to be in a fairly sympathetic dominant nervous system state when we get in from work, but we definitely don't want to be. We want to be parasympathetic dominant when it comes to going to bed, which is your classic rest and digest. So the idea of the staircase is a set of steps that you follow, that help get your nervous system into that calm, relaxed state. And here is where I'm a little bit more fixed than I am in the morning. So I'll come in, I'll change into casual clothes, I'll put my, I'll do a to-do list to capture anything that didn't happen today, prioritizing for tomorrow. I will then put blue light blocking glasses on, especially this time of year, but certainly when the sun goes down in any time of year, or summer I should say, I will put my devices on to do not disturb. We eat a meal, usually by 6 p.m., which I accept is perhaps too early for your particular rhythm, but we like to eat early because we do the 16-8 fast, where we eat in an eight-hour window and fast for 16. And I'll then take the dog out and that's me done. I'll be relaxing in the blue light like blocking glasses, either doing some transcription, watching something on television, listening to a podcast, reading, chilling out, whatever it is I might be doing. And then by the time I get into bed at around half past nine, 10 o'clock, I'm pretty relaxed, you know, I haven't been subjecting myself to blue light, which suppresses melatonin, which prepares us for sleep. I've not been watching anything particularly excitatory on television. I don't check my bank balance. I don't watch any news at all. I don't do anything that might disturb that careful balance while I'm trying to get myself into a relaxed, rested state. So by the time I hit the pillow, having done my teeth, I'm pretty much ready for sleep. I keep the lights low in the bedroom. The bedroom is slightly cooler than I am it's blacked out. So we've got blackout blinds. There are no LEDs. There's nothing charging in the room. I have my phone on flight mode and that sets me up really well. So whilst this is all about morning routines, actually the way you finish your day off and your evening routine really sets up the tone for the quality of sleep you're going to get that night and therefore how you're going to be feeling in the morning. So I hope that that's perhaps motivated you a little bit, not to get too caught up in the crush of the day philosophy of many, but find a routine that works for you, Stick with it, decide what's negotiable and what's non-negotiable and pay a bit of attention as well to your evening routine. The way you bookend the day is really, really important for the quality of sleep you'll get. And let's face it, good quality sleep can absolutely dictate the quality of the day ahead. That's it from me. Let me know as always your feedback. Email me at leanne at bodyshopperformance.com. Drop us a note on Facebook, which is Bodyshop Performance Limited. We're at BodyshopPT on Twitter, at Performance on Instagram. Let me know what you think of this episode. Let me know what your morning routine is. Do you agree with me? Do you think we should have adaptable, flexible morning routines? Or do you think we should be putting all this stuff in? Because it significantly affects the quality of day we have. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much for listening. And of course, share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from hearing from it. All the best for now. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minutes test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.